0: Danica McKellar and Niall Mater are getting ready for the biggest party of the season. I want it to be the best. So do I. Good. Is this? Rachel. Uh, I have heard so much about you. I'm gonna miss this place. You like her, I think you should tell her before she leaves.
1: You can have what you want, if you believe you can have it. Worth to live by.
0: Christmas at Dollywood, only on Hallmark Channel.
1: Don't you just love the holidays here in Inwood where the stockings are hung?
0: The stockings are hung by the chimney
1: with care. We don't have a chimney, honey. We live in an apartment.
0: That's why I drew a chimney on the wall.
1: I see no... The stockings
0: must be... You clearly have never done improv before.
1: I am not the actor in this relationship. That's you, okay? Yes,
0: and... (sighs) Yes. <sighs> that's how this, this is works. why
1: people don't like improv this is why a lot of people make jokes about how annoying it is to, have to be forced to go to their friends improv shows or their brothers improv shows in my case anyway hi everybody welcome. hello everyone welcome um, to this this very very special episode of stocking stuffers produced by the feminine critique it's emily and you hear another voice a voice you occasionally hear in the background of episodes usually uh, it's the person that kind of occasion when I guess it's when I have a question, you'll hear somebody kind of in the background go, "Uh huh," or "No." Uh, that would be my darling husband.
0: Yes, hello. Um, for the record, my wife invited me to come on. I did not I did. force her uh, to let me guest on her podcast, uh, and I am quite happy to be here and happy to share my thoughts. I just figured um,
1: you've been a partner, you know, a good partner to me. I'll say, married five years. Uh, and in in all of those five years you have one of the things you have had to live with and be supportive of is me doing these episodes
0: well i and i am just fine with that um because when the films become too much for me to take i just get up and leave the room (laughs)
1: Uh,
0: whereas you continue watching them um but uh, i thought you know it'd be a good opportunity to do this and we're here the tree Mm -hmm. is trimmed Mm -hmm. and Appropriately festooned. Would you like to
1: describe the tree to um, everybody?
0: Our tree is a is a lovely lovely tree
1: it's too lovely it's more classy um, than i wanted it to be it's
0: a uh, it is a purple spruce mm-hmm. uh which i believe grows uh in the forests somewhere in british columbia <laughs> um i'm it, it's been it's been very very carefully raised and treated uh, to have a very shiny
1: it's shiny uh, i should have gone for the it. mat i think the mat would have actually been a more dramatic look.
0: uh well those are a little more expensive that's true uh, it was another $10. They, they, have to, they have to treat those in a different part of mm. the um of the orchard.
1: Uh, I would like you to describe for the listeners at home what I chose to be as the topping to the tree this year. I've done different toppings in different years. Uh, One year it was Oh, what was it? it? was my Annabelle mask. Um, mm-hmm. I have a little Mets helmet I put on there sometimes. Mm-hmm. This year I went a different route. Can you describe it?
0: Uh, the topping of the tree this year is a hat uh, that my lovely and talented wife made for herself for a Kentucky Derby party uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so it is a hat in the... It is not a cowboy hat. Uh, it is in that... Close to that style. Um, probably more of a Panama hat style than cowboy hat style. Uh, and it is appropriately decorated with
1: fake grass and plastic horses. And see, the other reason I have you on this episode today is because, I mean, for one thing, I thought that was a cowboy hat, and that tells you that I'm a, I'm a northern girl. I'm a New Yorker, born and, born and raised in Long Island, and you, my darling husband, are from a different part of the country.
0: Yes, I was born and raised in a small town in southeastern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, moved to new, the New York area. In 2004, and have lived here ever since. And Um, so
1: I have to ask you uh, what is the nearest amusement park to where you grew up?
0: Well, um,
1: what is the biggest? Coolest, most special amusement park that is within two and a half hours of, of where you grew up.
0: Well, when I was a child, that was the amusement park that is known as Kings Island. That's not
1: what we're here to talk about. Uh, I know
0: that's not what is we're talking about. Is there a Christmas movie by Hallmark set at Kings me. Island, Ohio? No, uh, there is not. Uh, but you asked me the question. I,
1: I was um, leading you down a direction, Mister. I'm so good at improv.
0: Yes, well. You asked me a question, and I answered the question, mm. my darling. Uh, mm. Pardon me. I uh, think mm. you need a refill of your eggnog. There,
1: uh, would you like a little more? No, Actually, I would. Be very nice of you. Well.
0: Okay, yes. hold on just a moment. Thank um, yes, there's there's some more eggnog for you. Um, well, we are here today to talk about a film called Christmas at Dollywood, uh, produced by the Hallmark Channel. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes. yes. Produced by Hallmark. <laughs> oh yes, Hallmark this was Hallmark. Um,
1: 2019, brand new for this year. Yes. One of their big premieres. One of the ones they put a little bit of money behind. Um, they, you know, kind of reserve some of their more high concept films for their stable, like their upper tier stable. So this year they did Christmas in Rome, where Lacey Chabert, where they actually put her on a plane and sent her to Rome. Uh, usually Candace Cameron Bray gets like the high concept ones, which is stupid because she's the worst and has no personality. Uh, and this is a Danica McKellar who's, I don't know if you noticed this, not only does she star in this Hallmark film, but she also was a producer on it.
0: No, I did not.
1: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. did not notice Executive producer, Danica McK- McKellar. This was the first Danica McKellar Hallmark movie I've ever watched. Um... I, it will probably also be the last uh
0: i thought you had watched one with her before
1: no uh, surprisingly she's just always kind of stayed off of my radar hers are usually like kind of boring royalty based ones i thought i mean i've had them on in the background
0: so was she not in the one where no one's hairstyles changed no, that was laurie laughlin filmed it
1: in. okay no so. god i you know what i would have killed to have laurie laughlin in this film i know we hate her i know she's terrible i mean Candace Cameron is worse, but still like Lori Loughlin brings spark we're getting ahead of ourselves because um, before we dive into the details of Christmas at Dollywood I do just want to kind of talk about our relationship to Dollywood
0: okay uh, well I would like to begin um, with uh, talking a little bit about me and Dolly mm. uh, as I said um, I grew up in a small town in southeastern Kentucky in the 1980s I don't remember a time when I didn't know who Dolly Parton was um, I feel like I've just always known because she's Dolly Barton. Um, I never went to Dollywood, though, uh, and I had really no idea how close I lived to Dollywood because the truth of the matter is, it is about as far a drive to Dollywood and Pigeon Forge as it was to Kings Island and Cincinnati, which was the amusement park where my family spent our time, uh, so I guess I just had no awareness um, that we were close to Dollywood as well and
1: I love your parents so much but I have always secretly judged them for not having taken you there as a kid
0: well there was so much more to do in Cincinnati no uh, there oh. with the Reds, oh, oh, there's, there's no the Zoo. Dixieland
1: stampede
0: yes there's no you're right there is no Dixieland stampede um, so I, I knew who Dolly was uh, I knew Dollywood existed uh, but I had never been there um, but it wasn't until I met you my darling um, that uh, I, I, I didn't, that I, that I learned things about Dolly Parton that mm. I did not know. Because the mm. truth of the matter is, I really didn't know anything about her. She was a, she was a country star. For you, she was a country star. Well, see, that's, that's an interesting story. Even though I grew up in southeastern Kentucky, um, my, my peer group when I was growing up, it was not cool to be a fan of country music where I was growing up. Country music, was that was mom and dad's music. That was grandma and grandpa's music. Uh, you didn't like country music. If you said you liked country music or even spoke positively about country music in any way, you would be mocked. Uh, I did witness it, because we were we were not country music kids. We were the MTV kids. That was what we watched, and that was what we thought was cool, was uh, rock music and also hip-hop, as rap became available to a wider audience. Uh, it wasn't until... 1991 when all of a sudden Garth Brooks hit and all of a sudden country was cool. All of a sudden everybody who had talked shit about country music for so many years all of a sudden now everybody was wearing a cowboy hat to school. Uh so that was just a a change.
1: And as a native Long Islander, I can tell you even after Garth Brooks it was still not cool to like country. Yes. I love country now. Um and I'm glad country has kind of gotten a little more like national respect and dolly certainly is having quite a year um but yeah growing up i didn't i didn't listen to country music but i love dolly and i loved dollywood yes well you
0: took me to dollywood mm-hmm. for the first time i had never been uh, yes you was- were my
1: third time at dollywood i had gone once as a kid with my family and i declared when i was there that i loved it so much that i wanted to have my honeymoon there and that stuck with me my entire life uh, when I was about about a year before I met you actually my friends and I we did a road trip where we drove down our, our final destination was Dollywood but we stopped in a couple of other southern cities before then, including Lexington Kentucky oddly enough who knew who knew before th- that that fate would align us and then after I started dating you I believe it probably came up on our first date when I found out you had not been to Dollywood and I think, oh, man, I'm trying to remember telling my parents probably that when I explained who you were and that we were dating and that you were from Kentucky, I'm pretty sure my mother probably said, oh, is it, did he act? What does he think of Dollywood? And I was like, actually, he's never been to Dollywood. And my mother was like, well, you should break up with him immediately. But thankfully, uh, on my first visit to your hometown, we did take a little mini trip and uh, you got to experience Dollywood.
0: Yes. Yes, we did. We went when I took you to Kentucky to mm-hmm. meet my parents. Uh, as part of that trip, we drove down, uh, to Pigeon Forge and we went to Dollywood and went to Dixie Stampede and I had a wonderful time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it is only as a grown man that I have learned, um, more about Dolly Parton that I have learned what an, an amazing, Mm -hmm. Person, she is. she's a goddess. What a talent, a songwriter, a, 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 a performer, a musician, a philanthropist, mm-hmm. and just what an amazingly positive force for good she is in the world. So, none of what I am about to say about this film should be taken in any way, shape, wow. or form as criticism of Dolly Parton. Let's just get that out of the way right now
1: so having said that 2019's christmas at dollywood uh it is a very hallmark movie written by nina wyman who's made a lot who's written a lot of these movies directed by michael robeson i think uh who has directed a lot of these movies and that doesn't often that means something often it means nothing in this case um both of them have like multiple credits for 2019 and this kind of feels like something that was done very quickly and perhaps without any care whatsoever um i now you kind of i kind of said to you like oh here's a couple that we could do and you'd said oh well, let's do the dolly one so i'm i there's a part of me that wants to apologize to you but a part of me that says no no, no you you made this bed because this was this breaks my heart to say this was awful
0: yeah okay. and and not Awful as in, oh my gosh, uh, get a bottle of wine and some friends and yeah. and watch this because you'll laugh at it. No, you won't laugh. Uh, you'll just go to sleep.
1: It has nothing. It is so lifeless. Even being filmed at Dollywood where there is color to it. There's sequence, There's, you know, pretty light displays and stuff. But it is... Like the definitive, when people that don't watch any of these movies and are very kind of, um, what's the word, like negative about it was somebody else that does because they just think, oh, these are so just bland, heterosexual, conservative, boring, nothing. This is that movie. There is nothing happening in this movie. The biggest conflict is, will the Christmas tree light up? And for about, what, 2.9 seconds, we think it won't. And then, guys, guess what? It does.
0: You you thought it wouldn't? Because uh, I, I mean, was I was pretty sure the that movie kind was of lie. said
1: there was a it, we needed some fucking conflict in this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's go into the story of it before we dive into all the parts. Uh, so Rachel, played by Danica McKellar, who most people would know as Winnie Cooper from the Wonder Years. Other people would know her from about thirteen of these movies because she always does them. Uh, and she's also, in real life, she's the one that wrote the book about math. Mm-hmm. You remember? So, like, I, I want to like her. I, I don't like her as an actor. But, you know, as as, as a woman who um, encourages young women to study the sciences, I respect her for that. But anyway, as Rachel, she's terrible. Rachel is a, get this, event planner. I know, because 9 out of 10 women in Hallmark movies are. And she's living in, quote-unquote, New York City with her daughter, because her husband is dead, of course. And her family's from, from Tennessee and still lives there. So she goes home for the holidays because her friend Mags uh, works for Dollywood. And there's an opportunity to plan the big uh, Dollywood 30th anniversary party. And they need like a big uh, New York party planner to do this. So she comes down, brings her daughter. It's perfect timing. She can celebrate the holidays with her family. But conflict? I say it with a question mark. There is a man named Luke who is the... What was it? He was like the general manager of Dollywood. He was like
0: director of operations he was director something of operations. Dollywood. Re- really wanted to be general manager. Really wanted manager. to be general
1: manager. Guys, this is like the driving plot of the movie. Is somebody who holds the title of operations manager and wants to be general manager. That That's it. Like, that's what the movie is about. Uh, but she has to work with him, you see. And, oh, my God, there's conflict because even though they're both white heterosexual people that look very nice when they stand next to each other, um, they don't get along. Because, I don't know, would you, would you describe Rachel as a bit bossy?
0: Uh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> um, but whoever wrote this movie sure thought yeah, she was. this is
1: written by a woman. And that really hurts me. Because it feels... This is one of the bad ones in terms of it punishing and looking down upon... An ambitious woman because first of all Rachel isn't crazy ambitious like she's like she's good at her job and is hoping to get promoted and that's great and she sees this as a great opportunity so she's gonna give it her all because that's what you fucking do when you work somewhere Uh, and so she has opinions and ideas and she shares them with the person that she's working with who can execute the ideas and he's just like yeah you're bossy you always say I have an idea you don't like my ideas yeah because you don't have ideas um And the worst thing is that she's like, you're right. I did come across as overbearing and that's tragic. And of course there's the side arc of um, what she really wanted to do with her life when she was a young woman uh, was write children's books, you know, kind of like how, I don't know, when I was a kid, I wanted to be Roger Ebert. Like, you know, we all have those childhood dreams. And um, having said this once to Luke, he looks at her and then looks at her with her daughter and says, I think it's really sad that your daughter sees you as living your plan B. What the fuck? Who the fuck is this guy to judge the, the way this woman is raising her daughter with this great job? Anyway, um, so there's, I don't know, mild conflict about whether the party will be perfect. And the party's perfect. And he gets offered the job of general manager. I know we were all really, really on on the edges of our, of our seats for that one. And she decides, I like it here. My family is here. And I like Dollywood. So I'm going to abandon my job, even though she had just been essentially made partner at her event planning firm. Uh, she decides, no, I'm I'm going to live in Dollywood. The end. And be
0: an event planner here. Yes. And uh, have more time to focus on my daughter and also more time to focus on writing
1: yes writing her children's books which we get an epilogue to find out that her book has been published and is now part of dolly pardon's imagination library which yes. again we are not saying any anything bad about dolly's imagination library that is a wonderful wonderful nope. foundation gives books to kids in tennessee it has i think what was it like its millionth book i think was recently donated oh, it's, it's
0: just it's an astonishing it's, it's incredible for it's, she is a force for good in yeah. the world so, and I'm fairly certain that Dolly Parton will listen to this podcast. No. Uh, I mean, clearly she will. So, uh, Miss Parton, please understand, we, we are oh, in no way, you. shape, or form criticizing you or anything no. about you. You are amazing and well, wonderful.
1: And here's the, here's the thing about this movie. The entire movie, like, uh, Rachel is constantly like, I really hope I get to meet Dolly. And we're like, yeah, 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 we do too, we do too. And, like, the weird thing is the way this is treated. Like, she's clearly a big Dolly fan and yet nobody seems to care about the fact that she has not like her best friend question mark um who from the beginning rachel says to her i really want to meet dolly she's like yeah okay yeah you probably will and then at one point rachel shows up to the office and she's like oh why is everybody so like it seems like it's chaotic here and and her friend's like oh yeah dolly was just here i don't know call your friend and tell her that and of course we're just like drooling because we're sitting here watching it being like dolly please please dolly come on please please show up in this movie and i think it was the hour 40 minute mark she does and she walks on screen in an adorable little sequined winter outfit she looks amazing she's great uh she doesn't sing in the movie i mean they play her music but she does not sing again in a way maybe that's okay she didn't this movie didn't deserve her singing uh didn't certainly didn't deserve her to expand any energy But so, like, but that's the other thing. When she arrives, it's just like she's right there. Like, there's no big entrance. There's no big sprinkle sound effect for her, even. It just, this movie doesn't, it just doesn't care. It doesn't care about anything. Um, and on that note, we should dive into how much it cares about being a Hallmark Christmas movie. So, number one is our lead in need of a lesson. Uh, I believe they're trying to sell Rachel as the career woman, in this case. Um, do you think she needs to learn a lesson? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, the movie certainly seems to think she needs to learn a lesson, mm-hmm. uh, and the movie seems to think the lesson that she needs to learn is to stop having ideas mm-hmm. and shut up and mm-hmm. let the man do everything.
1: Yes, women should do like you know quieter things like write books. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'll be
0: completely honest. In the years that you've been watching these, and I've been filtering in and out of the room, I have seen women treated worse.
1: True, true. Uh,
0: but this was pretty bad.
1: Well, what bothered me about this one was that it was very, um, it was very passive aggressive, and within the film. She softened in a way where, like, and this is this is something me as somebody who manages people at work. I am constantly trying to figure out my tone and being authoritative without coming across as like overbearing or bossy or you know or mousy. Like, and I'm sure other women out there listening understand that there is a very fine line. And for me, like, you, I believe you, you know this about me. I can get very passionate about and intense about things um and i realize like oh no but if i push if i show that sometimes it i'm not taken seriously because then it's like oh woman crazy woman too bossy blah blah and so this movie we're like she's not doing that at all but yet she believes it when men tell her she is and it is kind of heartbreaking uh moving on to number two which is the setting so Mm -hmm. we start in the big bad city
0: Oh, there is no bigger or (laughs) better city than New York.
1: Yes, and you can tell that by the establishing shots of the Manhattan skyline. Yes. 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 And then an apartment. Which, geez, what is she making at that place?
0: She's clearly making a lot of money. Um, Now, I I will. I will say, I have seen interiors in these films that are supposed to be in New York that were worse Mm -hmm. than these. Fair. As in, I mean, I look at these interiors and it's 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 a stretch. To say that are interiors in New York City, mm-hmm. but it's not as ridiculous yes. as some of the ones that I have the, seen. The
1: last movie I watched, she had an apartment in New York, and she had a kitchen island, and that is not does not exist. Though so I think in New York I've City
0: seen apartments in New York in these movies that had two floors. <laughs> often, often they do. That were uh, that, you know, and people living there were waitresses, <laughs> or it's just it's it's insanity. Yes.
1: So. Uh But then we move, of course, to Dollywood, which is. Um, I mean, not just Dollywood, but kind of Pigeon Forge that we don't see any of Pigeon Forge outside of her parents' house, which is very ho- holiday decorated mm-hmm. and Dollywood. And now Dollywood's a pretty cool place. Do we see a lot of Dollywood?
0: I didn't feel like we saw a lot What's of Dollywood. No. I mean, we saw Dollywood a lot, but we saw the same, yes. the same area of it. What we pretty saw much over and over and over
1: again. We saw the sign, the Dollywood sign. Many times, we saw um, a room where the party would be held a lot. Mm-hmm. and I think that was it. We didn't see any of the theaters. we didn't see any of the like how, like, how do you not just mm. show it's okay. We're not professionals here. Well, now that my husband's rude cell phone interruption has passed us, I can't. it's okay. Uh, so we see like how hard would it have been? For them to get some like footage of a Dollywood roller coaster, Dollywood has great roller coasters. Apparently,
0: pretty difficult. Yeah, because there's not a bit no. of it in this. There is not a single ride. They talk about rides. Yeah. Never they say see, they went you, on all the rides. Never see a ride.
1: So it's disappointing as an advertisement for Dollywood. I do not see this really doing much. Uh, moving on to our bland love interest. Yeah, he's not bland. <laughs> he's an asshole. Well, he's a bland asshole though too he's i mean uh the character of luke i i mean i have I i'm not even gonna look up his name he's an actor who you've seen a lot in these movies um this is primarily the network he works on and the actor brings nothing but the character has nothing and so when you put them together oh,
0: oh I, he's i wrote a lot i made a lot of notes about Let's this character and just what a piece of garbage he mm-hmm, is mm-hmm and it's not, i mean i just, he i mean this character and it's it's not that the actor was necessarily the actor was just doing what he was given to do and nothing more i mean this character is an absolute asshole i mean he the first 3 times that he sees her he's he's treating her like mm. crap and being a jerk to her and being a jerk to her when she's
1: basically going in for a job interview and he's like playing mind games with her from the start
0: yeah i mean i I wanted to punch him on more than one occasion, and this is our male romantic lead Mm -hmm. that we're supposed to be glad to see her end up with. Uh, I mean, he calls her bossy. He Mm -hmm. tells her to stop having ideas, uh, and, and I also must address the fact that more than once in the film, this man is referred to as a workaholic. He calls himself a workaholic. She calls him a workaholic, and nothing could be further from the (laughs) truth in the way he is presented. We never actually see him working. Mm. And when she is encouraging him to work or to talk about, you know, the the event or something to do, he behaves like a teenager whose dad just told him to put down the iPad and set the table for dinner. (laughs) And You are so right. Did we mention that they, the two romantic leads, have no chemistry? I mean none none i had more chemistry with the man who sold me a sandwich yesterday (laughs) than these two have with each other i mean there is if it is possible to have negative chemistry and to suck chemistry out of the room from people who also actually do have it oh my heavens they had none
1: i'm picturing them having sex now and all i see are like exactly what i see is two barbie dolls and and like somebody banging them together thinking that eventually they'll fit and realizing that neither one of them has any genitalia and that it's not going to happen. Um, yeah. He's, he's also, like, this movie does kind of a reversal where she, as much as she is the, you know, ambitious woman, she also loves Christmas and he doesn't. So there's that. Allegedly.
0: Yeah, he says it, but he really isn't. No, he's awful.
1: Yeah, and, um... I guess I, we kind I of, I wanted to mention it when we talked about the setting, but we'll talk about it now. So he's from Tennessee. She's from Tennessee. He's lived there his whole life. Um, everybody that works at Dollywood, for the most part, like, is probably from Tennessee. Everybody in this movie, with the exception of um, Rachel's daughter, is from Tennessee. Couldn't you tell by the way they talked?
0: No one in this film had a dialect that sounded like they were from tennessee
1: not even trying not even trying a bad accent
0: i mean i could i could almost give the lead a pass Mm -hmm. because she moved away
1: yeah that's fair Uh, and i
0: agree with you on her daughter it would make sense Uh, her daughter did not grow up there everyone else in this cast seemingly grew up and is from tennessee they these actors and actresses, they've never even seen tennessee on a map They weren't even trying. And you know what? I was about to say they weren't even trying. Maybe that's better. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe somebody did try and somebody else said, you know what? It'll be better if you don't even try.
1: Oh, so you think it was like Carrie Fisher in the first scene in Star Wars, but then she drops her British accent? You have a theory that defends her. but
0: Well, it actually isn't my theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a theory provided by my friend Todd,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and bless his heart for doing it. Um, his theory is that, if you'll notice, Leia only speaks with a British accent when she is around the Imperials. And it is when she is not around the Imperials that Carrie Fisher speaks the way Carrie Fisher speaks. And so Todd's theory is because all of the actors who are playing the uh, members of the Empire are British uh, and sound like it, uh, that Leia is just trying to carry off the, the illusion that she is loyal to the Empire by speaking the way they speak. I mean, that's not... What happened, of course, what happened is Carrie Fisher filmed (laughs) some scenes where she spoke the British accent and then filmed some where she didn't, and that's what happened. But I thought Todd's explanation works
1: pretty well. And Uh, way more interesting than anything that happens in this movie. Uh, But we do, if nothing else, um, we get a montage, right? We get what should be my favorite kind of montage, a trying-on-clothes montage.
0: Well, and I had to ask you if it can be a montage if they're talking. Right. I I, kind of thought montages had to be... Just music, and I mean, you see the characters speaking, but you can't actually hear Mm. what they're saying. But they continued talking throughout the entire montage, which, I mean, and this was a poor montage.
1: And, it's you know, I answered this question very quickly with a, yeah, no, as long as it, to to me, a montage is cutting together very, very short, you know, less than two second scenes to show passage of time and that a lot of stuff has happened... Um, I think it's okay to have dialogue in a montage, but I, I'd be curious if other people disagree with me and say no as soon as you speak, that it, it stops being a montage.
0: Well, I asked, I did, you know, I said, can you have, can it be a montage if they're talking? And you said yes. I thought so. So I'll go with that. Yeah.
1: Uh, and they're trying on ugly Christmas sweaters. Wow, isn't that clever and cute? Not really that ugly. No. Number five, dead parents. We do get a dead parent. That's
0: uh, yeah, her husband is dead. Yeah, we don't um, find out how. What
1: how do you. Think
0: he what died? Do you why would you want know. to know because how because
1: i need something to interest me in this movie
0: beheaded in a satanic ritual Ooh, I like in that. in woodhill park
1: yeah uh there, okay. there has been rumors that that's
0: what happened rituals. yes of in course in there park. are rumors about that i remember the rumors about the satanic rituals that were going to happen in You're the late 80s fun
1: sometimes. none of
0: them happened mm. um yeah so you have daddy's dead uh, yeah that's you know because i mean because he can't she can't be divorced
1: Absolutely very very. Not. Not she a hallmark cannot movie. be divorced
0: yeah. in a hallmark mm-hmm. movie because then she would just be a whore. Yes. Uh, if she were to uh, find another man, and, that, and she's
1: already know, bossy, so at that point, don't raise her ooh, ooh, oh,
0: she's useless. We just can't. No, no useless.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, number six is her sassy sidekick, which I have a hard time saying with a straight face. There is no sass in this movie. No.
0: Not from sidekicks or anyone else.
1: No, I mean we have sidekicks. We absolutely have sidekicks.
0: Well, I mean, they each
1: I, have a sidekick.
0: In that they are. But you know what? They're so bland. My
1: God, yeah, they're code I'm not, not even
0: sure if if did he have t- was his sidekick the same guy who couldn't get the tree light? <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm yeah, serious. No, I'm not no, just no, being a her, jerk. Yeah. That was okay. And did she have just one sidekick? She I thought she had friend.
1: two. Well, I didn't understand. No, it was her friend from New. So in New York, she has a scene where they have like dinner together, and her friends like come to Tennessee. So she comes to Tennessee, and her friend is there working for Dolly. What? Okay,
0: so that is that was her friend. Okay, that so was who, the same one. You're thinking the,
1: of the... There was like the secretary at the building that... Um, uh, Alexis was her name. I noted her name because a lot of times what happens with these movies, they're made so quickly that IMDb doesn't always have all the information, and they don't actually have... I think Maggie or Mags credited on IMDb right now because that actress I'd recognize. I think she's been in other Hallmark movies. Um, but then there was like an assistant who sort of like the... Um, I don't know, the woman that kind of like the office manager or the office person at the building who kept kind of showing up. She was a different person. They were both brunette.
0: Okay. Yeah. Clearly very memorable. Very memorable.
1: Um, uh, as oh I didn't God. know how many there were. And yeah, they were they were just awful. And like his sassy sidekick is I'm mean, again his, his friend, coworker, sidekick. Uh, apparently it's his job to get the Christmas tree to light. And he's really bad at that. Like, why even at that point, if you're such a good general manager, then you, then you know what? You put friendship aside and you fire his ass.
0: Well, I mean, we got to have conflict. Yeah. Uh, there is none anywhere else. God, none. So, there's okay, none. let's say that we can't get the tree to light. I mean, I will admit, I don't understand anything about um, what would go into making an LED tree light. Like and By what, a computerized system. And how complicated sure. that would be. But I don't know that it would be that hard.
1: You'd think not, but I, and maybe I'm I, wrong.
0: Those of you who work in the LED Christmas tree lighting <laughs> please, industry, please prove please us wrong. Blow ideally, blow us up on Twitter and tell me the wrong. Ideally, by a
1: montage. Uh, number seven is our evil woman or boss character. No, didn't have one. No, she has a boss didn't have who's. One at all. Apparently, like a little bit, kind of. Um, oh, her, I
0: actually thought her boss was wonderful. She was wonderful. Like she uh, was, she was gi- giving mm-hmm. her praise and yep. telling her how good she was. And t- and when she said, that in the and at the beginning, there's an event that's supposed to happen that doesn't happen, and her boss tells her, "This is great. This means you'll have some time off for the holidays." Uh, no, we did not have an evil yeah. boss. We did not have an evil. One. Very there was supportive. No, there was no evil.
1: And even when she prom- when she basically calls Rachel to say like. Uh, by the way, you are going to be a partner. Like you are going to run things, but understand I can't let go yet. Like that's a good, honest boss.
0: Yeah, like, that's not. Was, no, you
1: know she was the MVP of this movie. Now that potential, you said that.
0: potential for conflict mm. there. No, none, whatsoever. No, no, no. none uh, whatsoever.
1: Number eight is slapstick, and by God, this movie didn't even have energy to have slapstick.
0: No, the uh, closest they came to slapstick was there's the moment when the first time they they trip going up stairs to her parents' porch. And wind up in each other's arms and almost kiss, but mom comes out and ruins it. Yeah. Um, That I guess you could call slapstick or physical humor.
1: Um,
0: There is a baking scene.
1: I forgot uh, that you're right.
0: Where he can't bake because he's a man.
1: Well, he's a man who didn't love Christmas, and so. he
0: makes a shitty Yule log. Mm. Uh, and
1: then which they just, just kept... looked like a giant Swiss cake roll. And me. they just kept like making Yule log references the rest of the film, which again was a little bit interesting because then we just both were making sex jokes about that.
0: And I guarantee you, no one who wrote this film ever, ever occurred <laughs> yeah. encouraged them to use it.
1: They, like, I bet, in, in like the next way. time they, air, I bet somebody will complain about that. And the next time they air this, they're going to take out the lines about the Ulog uh i know um and speaking of cock blocking moms like that's the second this is the second movie that i watched this year where the character the the female character has been about to kiss her love interest when her mom opens the door and is like um oh sorry to interrupt but clearly not because i would have seen you there and i didn't have to interrupt i could have just let you guys get it on but no so moms are terrible this year uh but sage old person i mean i i, I don't even want to say sage person right i don't want to say old in reference to dolly Parton, sage goddess
0: oh okay well i I was gonna i was gonna say that i mean her her mother uh main character's mother acts as kind of the sage old person until dolly shows up
1: true uh
0: giving her daughter advice telling her you know suggesting things that she could do like how she's living her life
1: wrong uh
0: yeah um but the real sage person in this is dolly Parton. and of course she would be yeah um I, i must say i was so happy to see her when she showed up i I lit up yeah i was just so glad
1: this guys this was a movie where we just kept like occasionally having to pause it to get water to get um you know to go to the bathroom and we sat down and watched the whole movie and every time we would unpause it we'd look at the running time and be like oh my god we still have an hour we still have 40 minutes there was one point where i think you got up for something and I said, like, I'm like, no, 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 we're we're hitting the home stretch. And we paused it again. And I'm like, that was only 10 minutes of screen time. That was only 10 minutes.
0: Oh, I I had a note that I wrote down at one point, which was bored. Oh, yeah. This was rough,
1: guys. It was rough. And last was Santa Claus. And no, yeah, nothing.
0: Nothing. Well, I mean, we had fake Santa Clauses.
1: Well, sure. But like, no, I don't know. No but Christmas magic. But no, there magic. was no
0: character that was supposed to be Santa no. Claus.
1: Yeah, nothing. And like, I don't know, put a put a Santa beard on Luke. Let him do something uh which moves us into the so we, we don't even fill up the tropes and it's hallmark like they usually check every box but on the bonus round so public domain holiday songs like yes right but but here's the thing too we get the same ones over and over again there we had, like was... nine different variations of jingle bells
0: yeah there were yeah they were not they were not overly fond of the public domain no. holiday songs
1: and and the thing was we like you're setting your movie in dollywood at least have, like, bluegrass cut. Like, I've watched now, um, last year I did Christmas in Mississippi and Christmas at the Bayou, both of which really weren't very Southern, but at least understood, like, okay, fill your soundtrack with something. And we had one, I think, bluegrass-ish, country-ish cover of Jingle Bells, and it was nothing. It was, like, they cut it off halfway through, but yeah. it really wasn't anything.
0: Well, it was one of the, it was there, there at the, the big event at the end are having some live performances and we get to see a little bit of of two of them the jingle bells one and also a song about christmas and the smokies and to tell you the truth i would much rather have just watched those live performances than anything else that was going on in this film um
1: the only other thing we do get um a recording of dolly singing hard candy christmas but
0: no other dolly doing christmas songs no Bizarre. If I were going to release this film, my entire soundtrack would be nothing but Dolly Parton doing Christmas songs.
1: And I don't get it. I wonder how much now, I mean, we've seen the last like three weeks Dolly Parton has blown up. And Dolly was obviously always big. But what happened was this sort of crazy aligning of the universe where you had... The country music documentary on pbs which a lot of people watched and she's featured pretty heavily in and it. if you
0: haven't i think it's superb oh my god it's so good yeah uh, i mean granted i am a fan of country music mm-hmm. uh and grew up around it and even when i wasn't supposed to be a fan of country music i did like country music um but i've also heard from many people who do not consider themselves yep. fans of country music who consider this documentary to be really, really it's good. fantastic Yeah. Uh, So when you get a chance to see Ken Burns' country music documentary,
1: I recommend watching it. Same here. Um, So you had that. You have the podcast Dolly Parton's America that was released around the same time, which I'm in. It's it's not my kind of podcast because it's very overly produced and. Just not my style, but it's great because you do. It is interviews with Dolly, so I am listening. You had her um, do in a special interview where it was just her talking on ABC about her life. You had a Dolly Parton fifty years, uh, her fiftieth anniversary as a member of the Grand Ole Opry, which again was great. They aired that on ABC a couple of weeks ago, and it was her performing, and then a couple of other people performing some of the song. Her songs. Well, and
0: introduced me to an artist I'd never seen before, Candy Carpenter. Yeah. Who did Little Sparrow. Sparrow. That
1: was great. And that was amazing. Yeah, I have no idea who this young woman was, but I, like... Well, neither do I, because I
0: don't know anything about current music, country, or otherwise. Uh, But Bushy was
1: great. Yeah, so watch that if you haven't. And then, of course, Netflix's Dolly Parton's Heartstrings, which is an eight-part series of kind of original one-hour tellings of her songs. And I've watched three of them so far and i've really enjoyed them they are cheesy as hell but they are they, they feel like dolly they have aside from her being in a few of them here and there uh they have that energy where it's not pure sugar like there is a little bit of spice to it unlike this movie which has none of it uh other things let's keep going with the bonus cloying child you have a little kid you she's think not
0: cloying no nah, she's okay she's nothing
1: yeah uh, I mean would at one them?
0: point she somebody asks her, you know, is there anything else you would like or what would you really like?" And I said dialogue <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I don't think this kid spoke 15 no. words in the she movie had very she's, little to nothing, do nothing. I mean
1: I appreciate not having a terrible child, which a lot of these movies do, but still nothing
0: it was just part of the boring, boring boringness yeah. of this film
1: Oof. ice skating, no ice skating, right no, no I ice don't. skating. Uh, Canadianisms, no, because we're in Tennessee, but I'm gonna say the lack of anything Tennessee in this movie was also really bothersome. Mm-hmm. Uh, characters with Christmas names. Nope. no, No, not nothing. One. Uh, Christmas tree lighting, yeah, it, it should have been, like, I guess the climax of the movie. Yeah, that was, a,
0: it was, uh, that was part of the yeah, event, was yeah. they were the big LED Christmas tree.
1: Yeah, so that was something. Uh, we had, did not have karaoke, but we did have country line dancing.
0: Now, I, I must... Observe about this. I now. I, I, it's entirely possible I'm wrong about this. Um, when it comes to understanding pop culture and current trends in pop culture, I am helpless. I thought. I thought line dancing was a relatively brief ni- '90s, 1990s mm. fad that came and went away like any other like fad. Did you break it your heart? Didn't we're even. In? Well, yeah. Uh, did not even occur to me that line dancing would still be going on anywhere, even in Pigeon Forge. Uh, perhaps I am wrong about that. I those those of you who those that. of you who are professional line dancers uh, and are currently upset at me for not understanding these things, feel free to uh, to tell well, us we are wrong.
1: I see. I but I,
0: I really thought line dancing was a '90s fad that came uh, and went. It
1: was in the Footloose remake. Uh, I'm pretty sure line dancing is still a thing. Now, granted, also I think we we've talked about this before about how. Like, I mean, again, New York line dancing was not a thing, but in the, eh, eventually in the 90s, it became kind of a joke or kind of a, a thing you talk about. Whereas, but at the same time, we had the electric slide, which you did at every party you went to, which essentially is line dancing, but to a different beat. So, uh, product placement. And I, I added this one back in. I had taken product placement out because it kept not showing up in movies, but it's shown up a lot this year for whatever reason. And obviously, this entire movie is. I guess, meant to be an advertisement for Dollywood.
0: If this movie is an advertisement for Dollywood, it's a bad advertisement for yeah, Dollywood. Yeah. It, nothing about this film made me want to go to no, Dollywood.
1: Oh, it's so sad. Because we know Dollywood's amazing. Um, it promotes the imagination library, which is great. Uh, and I think as we were watching this, I was occasionally I would pause or watch some of the commercials that were airing during this movie, and there were a lot of Danica McKellar, like her little host segments, where she would she's shilling for JCPenney's. And I'm guessing if you go on Hallmark's site, like it's probably like buy the coat Danica McKellar wore on jcpenny.com. So I think there was probably some of that in there, though they didn't blatantly acknowledge it. It's JCPenney. JCPenney. I always, yeah. One day I'll remember that. It's because it's Macy's and mm-hmm. Nordstrom's, but then JCPenney, yeah, ah, where fashion comes to life, as its '90s slogan was, uh, "Inability to act with an empty coffee cup." <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Some actors in this movie actually did a good job with their coffee cups. Um, Her father, I don't know the actor, but the actor playing her father, is sipping tea from a mug, and he's actually blowing on it and holding that cup as if there was hot tea in there.
0: Yeah. Clearly someone taught this man uh, how to act with food. (laughs) Uh, Same cannot be said for a scene between our asshole romantic lead and his... Not even remotely sassy sidekick. Where they were supposed to be drinking. I I mean, I'm not sure if it was coffee or if it was was supposed to be hot cocoa or what it was supposed to be. But it was from the, you know, the The cups with the plastic Mm -hmm. lid on them, and there was so obviously (laughs) nothing whatsoever in these cups. Yes uh is I felt like it was first day of mind class. <laughs>
1: uh there's also um something that hasn't come up as much this year but in past years I've noticed whenever there's a scene of like a woman and man on a date she's always drinking wine and he's always drinking beer. Uh, it's it's kind of like the old like oh cats are girls and dogs are boys type thing. But in this case we did have a scene of her and her friend having dinner and having wine. And I, my eyes go right to it because, of course, the the wine is, like, redder than a Santa suit, which is, of course, how wine usually looks. And, again, very carefully, they do, they never drink it in that scene. And at no. the end of the scene, they pick it up and bring it to their mouths, and then we cut. And
0: then the scene cuts. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, going to bed early at 3 p.m., I don't think we caught any of that. Not that I even saw. Even the sprinkle sound effect, which, like, my ears have been peeled for because it's been every, now that I hear it, I, see, I hear it everywhere. But I don't even think that he was getting this one. Nope. I don't remember hearing it. No, and then the last is the careful balance of red and green in costumes, and this this opens up a whole portal of I think costuming decisions for this movie that I I would like to discuss briefly. So uh, you do have you I what I thought was very clear was that there was, was sort of like a muted red and green. Uh, there is constantly red and green, but it's more like like a forest green. And more of a maroonish, purple, almost purplish red, but still it's very coordinated. It's at one point he's wearing green pants and she's wearing like these maroon pants. And it is very constant. She is when she is wearing green, she is standing in a room that's all red. Like there was still that clear art direction that somebody is paying attention to. Uh, she has like 12 different pea coats of different colors to best fit whatever scene she's in which makes sense when you pack for like a three-week trip in Tennessee. You're going to pack every single peacoat you own. Um, and then the very last scene is like this, to me, very careful, like, oh, no, now she's fully in primary colors of red. She has a red coat over a green dress. Yes. And it seemed yes. to me very deliberate.
0: I Well, I mean, clearly, the, whoever wrote the film and that scene was supposed to indicate to us that she was just absolutely stunning in this moment because she walks up in this, this outfit and her asshole no chemistry love interest looks her up and down and says wow and i spoke aloud wow you look exactly the same way you've looked in every other scene y- yeah
1: well she had a sparkling her necklace was more sparkly it was a bigger sparkly necklace didn't
0: even notice one. the necklace can yeah. be yeah. honest with you
1: yeah um and so that's christmas at dollywood what bothers me there's two things that really bother me about this one one is it was fucking Christmas at Dollywood. You had Dolly Parton, who I'm sure filmed her scenes in like 30 minutes and that was it. But still, you, it, you were setting your film in Dollywood. It's like a couple of years ago, I watched the one, I think it was called Switched for Christmas, where Candace Cameron played twins. And within the movie, there's scenes of the two of them like in the same scene and it's very clear that oh that like that those were pretty good effects like it was you know split screen but it, they have they have them interact and yeah this is one they they spent a little bit of time and money on that one then why did you cast candace cameron beret who's the blandest hallmark actress there is and that's how, kind she, of how i feel she can't about even this play, one. she
0: can't even play one character let alone two
1: exactly and so in this you have dollywood you have dolly pardon why Are you A, casting Danic McKellar, who is not dynamic, and B, doing nothing interesting or sassy with your movie? And the other part is that you've had this year i've been in a much better mood throughout all of this I, I don't know if you've noticed or not but like the last three movies i've been like wow this this was really fun there were a few this year that i've genuinely enjoyed to where, like hey i might rewatch that at some point i'm gonna recommend other people watch holly's holiday holly's holiday naughty or nice and even the ones that weren't as good were didn't feel as um judgmental or cruel to its women the first the most Standard movie I watched this year was probably Always and Forever Christmas, the first film I did. It's a 2019 Lifetime movie, but at the end of the movie, they let the actress, the, not the actress, the character keep her job. Like it was in support of her being ambitious. And I've had a lot of that this year. I've had a lot of like, oh yeah, I can love Christmas, but I can also still do my job. I can also still write my novel. I can do all those things that I love doing. And this one just just cut it all off at its knees. And, oof.
0: I, have, I have seen others that have been worse yeah. and have treated the women in them worse, um, but that does not give this one a pass. No. If, I were to, if I had watched this film with a, with a young lady, an impressionable young lady, I would have been sure to have a talk with her afterwards um, about how yeah. horrid the messages that she was being given were. I'm, I'm
1: glad you said that because we do need to talk to our cats about that because they can be a little impressionable. It's very important
0: yes our cats are very impressionable
1: oh sure you roll your eyes with your voice when we're recording and talking in front of other people but meanwhile we do this in private all the time um well do you still love me and will you remain married to me even though we had to um sit through this movie together of course okay good even though um like i I work really hard at my job and am occasionally called bossy like you don't think i need to change or anything
0: no I look forward to when you. I ask you frequently when you come home to just care anybody today. He does, and if you did, I'm happy.
1: Yes, it's actually one of my favorite parts of the day. Well, thank you, my darling, my husband, uh, my not at all bland love interest, for joining me on this very special episode covering a very not special movie.
0: Well, thank you for inviting me. My lead definitely not in need of a lesson.
1: No who, yeah, really, who, does, who
0: does know how to drink coffee
1: i do i mean i spill it on myself a lot of times I probably, yes but that
0: proves that there is coffee in the cup
1: yeah i it, i would probably be better served not ever having coffee in my cup and just what if there's a way to the way like if you have coffee every day and i know for me when i don't have coffee i do get a headache but if i had decaf coffee and didn't know it would i still i probably would still get a headache but i don't know maybe like it is a placebo effect so perhaps i can take the extra step and just never actually have liquid in a cup to not spill it on people like how today i spilled bubble tea all over a man online next to me getting his bubble tea yeah
0: she she did she told yeah. me the story when i got home
1: i felt so bad i got like all over his coat he was cool with it. he's like i wasn't wearing a suit it's fine but like i i'm going to hell for it i should be anyway <laughs> or i'm gonna be in the new hallmark star because it was slapsticky which was more than we can say about christmas at dollar
0: Another step